0: Welcome to today on Broadway for Tuesday, July twenty first, two thousand twenty. My brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Ryan. You're not listening, but happy birthday anyway. Happy
1: birthday. <laughs>
0: I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. <laughs>
1: and I'm and Culture Writer, Ashley
0: Steves. Ashley, congratulations to you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> well,
0: we won't we won't spill any personal tea on the air, but uh, congratulations. Thank but,
1: you. Uh, Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, we're gonna get into the news right away. Uh, today because uh, there's not a lot but we have some things that I want to talk about but remember we will have all episodes popping up first on patreon.com slash broadwayradio broadwayradio.com slash patreon you can get them there before you can get them in the regular feed so if you want to do that uh, head over to there we would greatly appreciate it all right, Actually, the first thing that – it's not really news. It's, it's more a complaint about the news. and It was fairly prevalent on social media on Monday. As former Broadway Radio guest and arts administrator Howard Sherman noted on Twitter, on Monday, the New York Times ran an article with no byline but a headline that read, quote, Hands are out as Congress is set to begin negotiating a new round of pandemic stimulus. The lead of that story read, quote, Airlines, hotels, and restaurants, military contractors and banks, even Broadway actors. These are just a few of the special interests already maneuvering to get a piece of the next coronavirus relief package about to be taken up by Congress, which is back in session this week. Now, Howard had a very thoughtful tweet. Howard Sherman used to be the executive director of the American Theater Wing, so he knows what he's talking about. He said, quote, hands out. "Quote, even Broadway actors. These are people and families in distress. Live performing arts comprise a major industry brought to its knees. Do not dismiss what we do or our importance to the economy. This is shameful." At New York Times, a lot of people retweeted and riffed off of Howard's original tweet, or saw the articles themselves and tweeted about it, um, including our friend Al Silver, who had a, a series of very passionate uh, tweets, and she specifically actually Good. called out um broadway theater owners and producers that they should be doing more for the actors but yeah very quickly shortly after this kind of dust up the gray lady changed the lead of the article removing broadway actors completely but
1: like who does the did they actually did they actually change it because i saw some other tweets saying that they didn't change it I there, but they changed it like in another place in the article. I wasn't really certain what happened.
0: I googled the headline Hands are out as Congress is set to begin negotiating a new stimulus package. It opened uh, airlines, hotels, and restaurants, military contractors, and banks, and then just skipped the even Broadway actors thing. Oh, and interesting. Kind of went interesting. Okay. I could have been looking at a different time than what you saw, too. So it, it Maybe, could have been Maybe, yeah. Changed. I saw it pretty early. Yeah, so. Yeah, I saw it pretty early. But I mean, like, who do, who does the New York Times think works on Broadway? I mean, I'm even a little bit offended <laughs> right. by lumping – restaurants and hotels in with military contractors and banks. Oh yeah, I definitely am there as well. But like for, especially you know, all sides yeah, of me. But especially Broadway actors who are freelancers in an industry that will likely be Correct. closed for a year. Most restaurants and hotels um you know, I think what they're talking about when it comes to special interests are like major corporations. There is no such Broadway actor who is a major corporation anywhere near the level of a restaurant <gasps> sure. or a hotel. But I mean it's like actually, pardon my frankness, but this is a pretty dick move by the Times, which is like yeah. the one paper who should know yeah, better ever, than ever, ever anyone been, yeah. how difficult it is economically for actors in New York. And that just because you are somebody on Broadway, even somebody on Broadway who has a name or a Tony Award doesn't yeah. mean you actually make all that much money.
1: That's very true. I mean, the contracts where people are making a lot of money are very few and far between. Uh, that is not, you know, the prevalent contract of Broadway if you look at even like the equity minimum
0: of anything. And even, even the big ones are fairly short. They're like a year at most. Yeah.
1: Right exactly so yeah it's uh, kind of <laughs> I'm not surprised at this point no, of any kind didn't. of negative coverage the New York Times has but as you said like you, they have their entire section dedicated to the theater uh, which is pretty specifically New York theater so and I mean for the mo- I mean, reporters I would say their theater reporters do a good job I won't say anything about the critics because we already know how I feel about the critics of the New York Times <laughs> uh, but but yeah, they should know better, but that that's thats honestly the tagline of the New York Times at this point, is they should know better, <laughs> but they still keep running bullshit like this. Not
0: the uh, uh, the paper of record, should know better. Right. Okay,
1: Should know better. <laughs> should know better, yeah. but it's just, alas, here we are. It's
0: just annoying, and um, I'll reiterate what I mentioned on Monday's episode, that reach out to your representatives, make sure that they are doing mm-hmm. everything they can To extend the unemployment benefits, the PUA uh, benefits that expire this week, and, you know, do more for arts, especially in New York City, which is the the city in the country that the performing arts does the most for the local economy, but it should be done around the country, but... Definitely. All right, Ashley, let's move on to some actual theater news that we got yesterday, both live and in person and on screens. First, after Ac- Actors' Equity Association approved them to reopen, I think they're doing a production of Godspell, the Berkshire Theater Group also announced that they will be holding a one-night-only benefit concert on September 5th, Labor Day weekend, starring the incomparable Brian Stokes Mitchell. It will be held outdoors under a tent and will be for an audience of less Than one hundred people. A portion of the sales will go to the actors fund, which Brian is the president of, and Mm -hmm. Black Theater United, which he is one of the founders of. Ticketing info will be in the show notes, but just so you don't get sticker shock, tickets are five hundred dollars.
1: Oh my I would have gotten sticker shock. Thank you for the heads up there.
0: I will say three hundred of that five hundred is tax deductible as a charitable. Brilliant. So I mean that's a
1: deal. That's yeah, a deal. <laughs> it's a, good, it's a hey, I'm not spending money on theater right now, so I guess here's one I thing mean, I'll spend money on.
0: Yeah, Stokes is totally worth it, and it's in person, outdoor, it should be fun. Exactly. Um, in other news, this one, ooh, bit of a doozy. Uh, but lyricist Don Black told the BBC that he is working on a new version of his musical Tell Me on a Sunday, which he wrote with Andrew Lloyd Webber 40 years ago. This was originally part of a one act, it was a one act and then a dance second act called uh, Song and Dance. It was later turned into just a standalone one act musical. The new version of what originally was a one woman show. Will now feature a gay male lead character. Of course, that original, originally that character was called the girl. So that'll probably have to change. Black said, quote, we workshopped it in a rehearsal studio with Rebecca Frecknell as director. This was back before uh, the, the pandemic ever shut everything down. He continued, we knew immediately it could open up resonant new areas of the story. I'll be so delighted if we can put it together. Now, actually, this is fairly similar to the conversation that we had with Company, um, especially mm, yeah. not necessarily in the role of Bobby, but in like some of the the supporting the roles, bo- or, supporting you know, roles, especially yeah. like the boyfriends that were yeah. originally girlfriends. Right. Um, I appreciate and I understand the instinct to do this to re-examine uh, old works um, and and make them relevant. But I find this to be completely unnecessary. First off, sure. Tell Me on a Sunday has a song or two that have become semi-standards. Um So I get that. I mean, it, it has a place in the lower levels of the theatrical canon. But it's not like it's anywhere near the relevance of company. And I kind sure. of hate to see shows being reconfigured to take roles away from women,
1: always, always that, and we kind of talk about that a lot when it comes in terms of like drag roles, like you yes. start talking about Hairspray and things like that. But what was what was the other show? Oh, Bye Bye Birdie, when they were talking about Harvey Fierstein yeah. doing it. So, it's, yeah, it's,
0: and I've seen I've seen some productions of Annie want to do a man in drag for right, Miss Hannigan, right? Yeah, it's like, so yeah, I, it's
1: kind of a, kind of along that conversation as well. Though I get that's like you know trying to do it more panto than anything this is kind of just we want to do something creative so gender swap why not and uh, if if it works it, i you know i think company works and i think it makes the show better um i will argue having seen the revival of company my only bragging rights <laughs> before the pandemic uh <laughs> that Uh, Having it as a female lead improves the show. I don't know that doing a gender-swapped version of this would improve the show.
0: Right. I think that, I think the gender swapping of company makes a ton of sense it because makes of where we are modernly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So also just like having a woman who's needing to question like marital conventions and gender roles and everything. At the age of 35, makes significantly yeah. Significantly more sense than it does as a male. And yeah. again, I think it makes it better where this is just doing it to do it. And it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: I'm sure there's reasons. I'm sure things are illuminated in the text, but just like on first blush, maybe. it seems like maybe just write a new one-man musical I say, about just a gay a- man.
1: Do a new show. Do a new sh- yeah. Just do, do a new show. show. Great.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Also, Bobby should have been bi. Anyway.
1: Uh Correct, always. All characters should be bi. Thank you. Yes, that's that that's the hill I, I'll die on.
0: <laughs> I just assume that all of them are, whether we yes, you know it or not. I
1: agree. Uh, Me too.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. The Old Vic announced yesterday that the world premiere of Three Kings, a new play by Stephen Breserford will star Andrew Scott, Hot Priest himself, and will premiere on Old Vic in camera. Directed by Matthew Warchus, who made Mrs. Trunchbull uh, played by a man in Matilda, uh, the show will be streamed live directly from the Old Vic stage with their empty auditorium as a backdrop for five performances only, July 29th through August 1st. Now, this is how they did Lungs a few weeks ago with Claire Foy and Matt Smith. As I said on here, it was done incredibly well um, right, i was yeah. super impressed and this is a one person show so they're even less of a distraction with multiple cameras so i will be doing everything i can to check this one out if i can get a ticket because i was gonna say i'm assuming the ticketing
1: but, will be the same as well
0: <laughs> but the night the good thing about lungs is they did continue to open up more tickets as okay, the run okay. got closer so i'm hoping that that uh continues as well Next up, Lena Hall announced yesterday, a recent Broadway radio guest, uh, Tommy Moore guest, she will be doing a live streaming concert obsessed Alanis Morissette exclusively on Broadway World events on August 14th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This is a takeoff of her 2018 uh, obsessed project in which she did EPs every month of the year focused on one different artist she'd been talking about doing an alanis morissette one uh recently online and apparently she's going I thought to do she'd
1: it released the track from it, at least i feel like i've listened to her do alanis morissette on spotify there is, before
0: there is she has an alanis morissette song on her recent album that i talked okay. to her uh, but i can't remember which song it might have been i think
1: it's you want uh, to know isn't it
0: it might be. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, and she's been doing live concerts on Zoom for a while now. I talked about one I, I watched her do. They've been fantastic. She does an amazing job. Um, and what's cool about those is she actually lets some people, if you pay a little more, um, request a song. That, and she'll she's like, you get to pick three songs. I'll pick oh, one cool. of them. Cool. And I, I did that. And she ended up, I had her do Barracuda. Um, oh, which nice. was amazing. Good Good the choice. other two, the other two that I recommended or I picked were "Fast Car" by Tracy Chapman, which is one of my favorite songs mm. of all time. Great song. And because Lena, as Selena Carvajal, was on "Search for the Next El Woods," uh, I had her do so much better. But she, didn't, <laughs> of, she didn't course pick that did. one. of
1: course, you did. Of course, she was. You did.
0: Although, ironically, Ashley Loren, who is now the standby for Satine in Moulin Rouge, who was also uh, one of the early people eliminated from Search for the Next to Woods. She was actually also a guest that night. She was like uh, she was a uh, an audience member that night as well. Oh, so right. it's kind of appropriate that I wrench that. Anyway, so, back to this one. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, I, I looked it I looked it up while because I was curious. Uh, I was it's you learn that she does not it.
0: That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So for Obsessed, Alanis Morris said early bird tickets are available through July twenty fourth. They will be ten dollars for general admission, but for 40 bucks Audience members will have the option of a VIP concert experience, which will include uh joining Lena on Zoom for the event, as well as an additional post-show performance and virtual meet and greet. Um, I don't know if I because she's doing only latest more set songs, I don't think she's probably gonna be doing uh taking requests, but uh still a cool thing. I love Lena. I think she is such a unique artist but i think what's so interesting she's about her put, is-
1: she put on one of the best cabarets i saw yeah. back when i was cabaret editor-in-chief so at cool. cafe carlisle like yeah. easily one of the best shows i saw
0: and i think it's so interesting because her voice we so think of her as like this rocker, Rock, this she's gritty a voice. yeah yeah but she like she her first gig was in cats and you know that's what and, i'm like, saying was- yeah and she, I think she did a chorus line. Like she's just like she's a triple threat, but she's also yeah. just like silly and goofy and funny. And uh, love I, I love Lena Hall. But all right, moving on. This last thing, I don't know what this is, but if you follow certain Broadway artists like Carolee Carmelo, Jared Spector, Jackie Burns, Jessica Keenan-Wynn, Drew Galen, Christina Alabado, Michael James Scott, Laura Osnes, Jeremy Jordan, or Miguel Cervantes. Over the last week or so, they've all been posting very similar Instagram and Twitter pictures. The first ones, they were all holding mystery novels in front of them and kind of like peering over them. They have the hashtags uh, AKPix and What's in the Soup. Um, And then the message of them is Everyone Loves a Mystery. Then these folks have started one by one to post new pictures uh, as well with a red backdrop and they've all got some sort of character piece, um, with them. And then the message says with those same hashtags, Broadway may have gone dark but the show must go on. We're ready to cause a scene. Um, I think Jessica Keenan Wynn had something about, is it a musical? Is it a movie? Um, so I don't know what this is, but I noticed them last week and they've been popping up. So no word on what this is. It sounds like they are collaborating on some sort of z- Zoom streaming musical project, which is awesome because I love these people. A number yeah, of former Tell Me More guests, um, but it's uh it's very cool. I'm, I, I am intrigued. I am intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Yes. If you go and look at the hashtag AKPix, you can see all of them. Um, it's, mm. uh, very cool. Very cool. So, all right. Let's get into my recommendations. First off, I want to thank our dear friend, Robbie Rizell, who tweeted Always. me right. Yeah, always. But right as I was waking up on uh, Monday morning, I got a tweet from him informing me that the song or the arrangement of ALW songs that Megan Hilty, Catherine McPhee and Shoshana Bean uh, sang that arrangement that I raved about yesterday actually was from a 1990s concert uh, called My Favorite Broadway, The Leading Ladies and the people who originally sang it were Audra McDonald, Judy Kuhn and the late, great Maren Maisie. Oh. Um, I will have a link in the show notes um, so you can watch it on YouTube. Robbie also said that it is one of the best, if not the best, non Sondheim theater concerts he's ever seen. So mm. he recommends. All doing right. That. All right. Yeah. And it was arranged by David Loud because I praised the arrangement. Ah, nice. Uh, okay. So much. Yeah. And uh, uh, <laughs> our friend and regular listener, Uh, Stalker Channing uh, (laughs) Still the best name um, Also reached out to let me know that that, So uh, I appreciate that Exciting, thank you Yeah, And then uh, two more recommendations Over on Broadway World we have a clip from The Seth Rudetsky concert series With Norm Lewis that happened on Sunday Night Live and then Monday Afternoon on the replay where he sings uh, Impossible Dream I think that these are going to be Available um, uh, on, on demand, I think so. Um, the Audrey McDonald one okay. was. So if it is, it was a great concert. Norm is so good and so mm-hmm. unique, um, and really funny. Love. Like I, I didn't really realize just how sweet and funny, uh, he was. And him and Seth apparently have been friends for 30 years, which is incredible.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. First dating back all. to like
0: 1989. So.
1: I'm thrilled about this because I saw him do, I guess it was this Christmas show, 54 Below, a few years ago, and he did Impossible Dream as his finale. And I have wanted a recording of it ever since because I think
0: it's maybe my favorite version of Impossible Dream. It's so good. Very, very good. Um, and he did the whole, the whole concert was great. So, uh, he does some, uh, uh, does some Les Mis, does some, uh, once on this island, it does nice. some Hello, Dolly. Um, very fun stuff. So, uh, And then finally, the last uh, recommendation comes from Broadway uh, sweethearts Erica Henningsen and Kyle Seelig, who performed this, uh, an original song called Dancing on the Rooftops um, as part of the Hashtag Be Apart series. It's the second video uh, in this collection. It has music and lyrics by Christopher Lineritz. Um, it has a bunch of uh, very nice musicians playing as well. Um, check that out. I They're really cool. like uh, both of these two. I, I yeah. Um, I didn't know. I mean, I knew of Erica Henningsen before Mean Girls, and I think she's good. And she was good in Mean Girls. I was looking forward to seeing her in Flying Over Sunset, but I got to tell you, she oh, has turned yeah. out to I be about that. Uh. I know the LSD musical, but following her on social media, like <laughs> she just seems like one of the. Uh, one of the best young people in the community, like she's always doing some sort of charitable thing, like not just like singing for it, but like organizing book drives for. Um, for, you know, youth who, you know, uh, for reading programs and stuff. Like, I've just been very, mm. very impressed with her, um, and uh, I wish the best for her, because I think uh, we we'll need more folks it. like that in the community. So.
1: We do indeed. Absolutely all that.
0: Yes. Alright, Ashley, that is all that we have for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWD. Matt Ashley, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. At- no, this is Ashley.
0: Ashley, you will not be here tomorrow. But what- on the show, I but I will be joined by a new voice, hey. a Broadway hey. radio debut of someone you might be hearing a little bit more from in the future, so stay tuned for that, come join us on Wednesday's episode, of course you can head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio to hear that voice before anybody else, now, granted, I, uh, I guarantee that it'll be worth it, so have a wonderful Tuesday everybody, and me and somebody else... We'll be back to talk to no, somebody else. Oh, oh. I, somebody else and I, if I want to be technical, but I wanted to put the somebody else as the as the teaser at the end. But either way, Great I grammar. and somebody else.
1: Great grammar. We'll be
0: back to talk to you. Tomorrow. I yes, I'm a former English teacher. <laughs>